when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. And we, we can understand the reflection of that joy today, can't we? Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Father, now, as we think about those words, open our hearts to hear your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, years ago, when I, I did a slightly more normal job than my life currently consists of, um, and I worked in an office, travelling to and fro, it was about 45 minutes to an hour each way, and please don't judge, but I listened to Radio 2. Uh, my, yes, I know. my husband was very disappointed that I didn't listen to Radio 4, in the mornings especially, but Radio 4 was just so angry all the time. Um, so Radio 2, and I, I do know that other stations are available, so going home, it was Simon Mayo's drive time, so you can date it slightly, he's no longer on Radio 2, is he? And on Friday evenings, the programme entirely consisted of a, a call-in. And for those lucky enough to get through, they could place a special request. People would phone in and ask for a particular song to celebrate a birthday or an anniversary, or just to get their favourite song played. I remember one caller who rang to request a song for her daughter and son-in-law who were expecting their first child. It was obviously a very excited prospective grandmother. There was the usual chit-chat between Simon Mayo and the caller about where they came from, why they were calling, what was special about the song. And in the course of that conversation, and the debates about when the baby would arrive because they were overdue, the caller said, oh yes, they're just waiting now. They've got everything ready. Everything is set up. They're just waiting. They're fully prepared. And with the tone of a man who has obviously been there, he just went, no, they're not. <laughs> <coughs> now, I, I don't have children myself, but I think we can all grasp what he was getting at, and I suspect those who were laughing were the ones who do have children in particular. No matter how organised you are, how well set up the nursery is, nothing, I'm sure, can quite prepare you for what it's actually like to become a parent. To bring into your home a child for the first time, to care for and love and keep alive. The experience 
What it actually really feels like, I'm sure, must be very different from hearing or reading about it. I can objectively appreciate that the arrival of a baby turns everything upside down and the priorities of your life get reorientated. From thereafter, your life is split in two, before parenthood and after. And I'm sure most parents would not have it any other way. I think we can understand that Simon Mayer was saying, no matter how many books you've read, how many nappies, you, how many nappies you've bought in advance, Nothing will really make you ready. Because being organised is not the same as being prepared. In this time of Advent, we talk about it being a time of preparation. <coughs> Advent itself means coming or arrival. And for Christians, this season has a dual meaning. A time to prepare both for the celebrations of the first coming of Jesus, his birth in Bethlehem, all those centuries ago, and a chance to look forward to when he will come again. We look forward, remembering that although after his death and resurrection he ascended into heaven, that is not the end of the story. One day, the Bible teaches, he will return. Both those events require preparation, not just organisation. I mean, organisation for Christmas means many things. Writing and posting Christmas cards, perhaps. Shopping, shopping and wondering what to get for whom. And some high-level negotiations as to who is where on what day and who is going to cook what. The organisation can be mentally draining and physically zapping. But there are also people who would like a bit more organisation to do. Perhaps there is sadness that there aren't the family and friends around that other people seem to have. And organisation is just trying to find things to fill the time, to find an opportunity for company and escape from loneliness. If we look at the birth of Jesus, we might accuse Mary and Joseph of lacking in their organisation. A trip to Bethlehem whilst pregnant and having to lie their baby in a manger? It doesn't sound too organised to me. My cousin's baby came home from hospital a few weeks ago and had to be led in the laundry basket because they hadn't got a cot yet. I think they've got one now. <laughs> but even though they might be accused of being disorganised, Mary and Joseph were entrusted with the baby who would not only turn their lives upside down, but would turn the world upside down. Their parenthood became, their lives became before and after parenthood, and global history is measured with that same before and after. Whether you call it BC and AD or BCE and CE, <coughs> our calendar is marked by the life of that child. <coughs> Our reading from the Gospel of Luke is the story of the parents of John the Baptist and is given immediately before the story of the angel's visit to Mary when Gabriel told her of the special baby she would carry. 
Zachariah and Elizabeth are also told they would have a baby, another miraculous baby, as Elizabeth was past childbearing age. Their baby John was also sent by God with a specific prophetic task. And before he was even born, they were told what John's calling would be. In verses 16 and 17, we read again, this is the angel speaking to Zechariah about John. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn their hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He will bring back people to God he will turn hearts from disobedience. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His mission as the precursor to Jesus is set out in these simple but profound <laughs> statements. Statements that had a meaning for the people of Israel on a national and individual basis and statements that show us today what it means to prepare ourselves for the birth of Jesus and his coming again. First, we are told that John would bring back the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Now, obviously, if somebody is to be brought back, this presupposes that they have gone away. You can't come back unless you've gone somewhere. And in this, in this instance, the people of Israel had gone away from God. John was to preach a message calling people back. The people of Israel needed to be restored and reconciled to being in the centre of God's will. And this need for rest restoration and reconciliation with God is the basic state of humanity. The Bible says that we have all turned away from God. We've all followed our own ways and we've turned away from his love and truthfulness. The relationship between God and humanity has been fractured. Secondly, John would bring a message that would turn hearts. The work of this preparation for reconciliation is to do with the heart, not to do with following a particular set of rituals or behaviours, or to do with the family or nationality to which you are born. <coughs> Despite the fact they had been called God's chosen people and had had a special relationship with him, the people of Israel still needed a change of heart to turn back to him. Relying on their ethnicity was not enough for the restoration needed. They needed to repent. It was only in accepting John's message that they could be brought back to God by turning their hearts in repentance. It is only this that adds up to being prepared being prepared for the coming of their Messiah, Jesus. John's message was therefore a message of hope and of God's love. God did not abandon his people, even though they had turned away from him. He reached out to them with a message to bring restoration and wholeness. So what does that mean for us today in this Advent in 2022? Now let me just say, there is nothing wrong with being organised for Christmas. 
I applaud those who can achieve it. One year, I promise myself I will be organised. But from a Christian perspective, that is not actually what Advent is for. I humbly suggest that God isn't so much concerned for our organisation as much for our preparation. Our preparation needs to take seriously the message Elizabeth and Zechariah were told their son would give as the one who prepared the way for Jesus. Jesus, who was the longed-for Messiah for the people of Israel, they had been waiting for him, and he was the only one who could truly bring reconciliation with God. True preparation is therefore a work in the innermost being of our hearts. It is recognising that we have turned from God, turning to him in repentance, and go forward in the joy and peace of knowing reconciliation and relationship with God. It is spiritual realignment to acknowledge that the baby whose birth we will shortly celebrate was God himself in human form. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, we all need this, we all need him. Because we know we have all done things wrong and we have not lived up to the image we have of ourselves, let alone lived up to the standard of God's holiness. Jesus came to open up this way of spiritual realignment. He is God's love gift to a fallen world. He is God's love gift to each of us. If becoming a parent is something that, you, something that you cannot fully understand from a book or from talking to those who have been through it, the experience, the reality of coming into relationship with God is just the same. Talking about God, reading about Jesus, talking with Christians and hearing about the peace they have in God, it is not the same as actually being in relationship with him. Jesus is a person whose presence is to be felt in relationship, not observed through religious ritual or just by the sending of a Christmas card. The birth of Jesus is an invitation to move our lives from the organisation that prioritises the things of this life to the preparation that welcomes Jesus into our lives as an experience like no other. It is finding in him a spiritual peace that cannot be replicated by anything else. Like any baby, I'm sure Jesus turned his, lives up, his parents' lives upside down, but I'm also sure they wouldn't have had it any other way. This Advent, as you prepare for Christmas, will you truly prepare your heart to let him do the same? Will you allow the baby to reorientate your life and find in so doing that you wouldn't have it any other way? Let us pray. In this season of expectation, we prepare to welcome Christ Jesus, Messiah, 
into the bustle of our lives and the hard to find moments of solitude. We prepare to welcome Christ Jesus Messiah. Into our homes and situations along with friends and families. We pray, we prepare to welcome Christ Jesus Messiah. into our hearts and those often hidden parts of our lives, we prepare to welcome Christ Jesus Messiah. For beneath the, for beneath the surface of his story is an inescapable fact. He entered this world as vulnerable as any one of us in order to nail that vulnerability to the cross. Our fears, our insecurities, and our sins, all that can separate us from God, exchanged by grace for love. We cannot comprehend the reasoning, only marvel that salvation comes to us through a baby born in a stable and reaches out to a world in need. In this season of anticipation, we prepare to welcome Christ Jesus, Messiah. Amen. Amen.